Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong. We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't, because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal. In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out. Hi there, this is Amy Wolf. Welcome back to Let's Talk Paint Color. Today we're going to be talking color, but not paint. Well, we'll talk about a little bit of paint, but our subject today is wallpaper. Why it's so popular, what we're seeing right now, um, just how wallpaper is back and it's big and it's fun and how you can navigate your way through all the choices and uh, what to look for and what to avoid. So what are you seeing, Amy? You doing as much wallpaper as I am? I really am. And I feel it's like it's like potato chips. You cannot have just one. <laughs> you really can't. I mean, you can't from the standpoint of, we talk about this all the time, balance in your house. Like don't have one bright color, don't have one dark color, don't have wallpaper in one place. I guess unless it's a really private room like a, a bedroom, then you can do it. But if you've got it in more public spaces, you shouldn't have just one. So philosophically, you can't. But just um, wall color, paint color is so satisfying. It's so great to have around you, but ramp it up uh, exponentially to have a pattern all around you. You know, it's like wearing a dress or a blouse you love. It's like watching TV, but you're not. It's like looking at a painting. It's it's pattern all around you. I think it's great. And um, it's been popular for a few years, but it's getting more and more popular, isn't it? It really is. I love your potato chip analogy. That's great. I have uh, been working on a house in Maine, and we've done five rooms of wallpaper. Yay. So my, I, I know <laughs> my client will totally understand that potato chip analogy. And one of the things we also did, which was interesting, was she really wanted to have two rooms abutting each other with wallpaper that were contrasting, you know, like really each their own individual look. Love it. So we have a very large scale um, kind of a, a botanical stripe type of a situation in her entry foyer, and then a smaller, more delicate floral pattern on a black ground uh that, you know, comes off of that entry foyer that moves you back into the more private areas of the of the house. But yeah, five. <laughs> five wallpapers is good. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Yeah. I love it. And, and if you're really bold, and this just goes up another level, you can put one on your walls and... Another maybe on your ceiling or, I mean, I'm not so big personally with putting a pattern on the ceiling. I think it can get kind of claustrophobic, but I have seen photos of rooms that have sort of, um, you know, angled ceilings, maybe a dormer bedroom or an attic, something that was an attic and the angled lower 
ceiling, you know, is it a ceiling? Is it a wall? Coming down has one pattern, and then there's a kind of corresponding different scale pattern on the walls. I mean, if you keep the colors, for instance, kind of soft and in the same families, and then just trade up scale, I think it could really work. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love that idea. Can't wait to see pictures of that house. Uh, They're coming. They're coming. I have a few I'm going to post soon. Um, Stay tuned. Look for me on Instagram. You know, it's interesting what you talk about with ceilings, um, because I'm about to paper my powder room. I'm not actually going to paper it. I'm going to hire somebody to paper it. And we've been talking about whether or not to put the paper on the ceilings or not. I have extra. I'm going to have extra. You know, it's one of those deals where I need like two rolls and a tiny smidge more. So I'm going to be investing in three rolls of this all over floral from House of Hackney. And um, I kind of was debating putting it on the ceiling, but then I realized I have this like really nasty, ugly vent you know, that I don't think I can trade out. I mean, maybe I could maybe I could look into switching that ugly beast out, but I've decided probably I should just leave the ceiling white. So I don't know, but I totally get what you're saying about two different wallpapers. I think it's a great idea. You know, again, it all just depends on what it is, uh, you know, the context. Just like picking maybe softer colors for a room where you're going to combine two different wallpaper patterns, like you're talking about a room with dormers. Mm-hmm. I think that similarly, it's, it's, you know, one can pick a wallpaper with a very easy to live with ground color, that is the background, mm-hmm. and yet the pattern itself can be vibrant, you know, and, and saturated. So in other words... You know, if you have a white or a cream or a very soft colored background, and yet the pattern itself has bright colors, it's much easier to incorporate bright colors into your decor than it would be if you picked one of those bright colors in the wallpaper and put it all over your walls in the form of paint. Yes. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, find a white wallpaper with fuchsia, little bits of fuchsia in it if you want fuchsia in your life, you know? And but you wouldn't put fuchsia paint on your walls necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. But 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 you know a a, a polite, you know, not too bossy wallpaper with a little bit of fuchsia in it is a way to bring those kinds of colors in. So yeah, because it's already proportioned out in the pattern. So if it's yeah. just this little little bit here and little bit there, it's almost like an accent color in the pattern and then you can pull it out of the pattern and use it in your room for, you know, anything as big as your sofa or as small as a throw pillow, right? Yeah, no, exactly. That's a really good way of expressing it. So what do you what do you think about artwork and wallpaper? Oh, that's a great question. I have not done that in my house. Every time I see a photo of a room that has it, I scratch my head and ask myself the question again. Do you like it? Do you like it there? Would you ever do it? I gravitate towards not. I think that the pattern is the star and I want to spend my mental energy absorbing the pattern and the pattern might have focal points in it 
or it might not. It might be an all-over, evenly distributed pattern. But either way, it adds so much visually to a room that I think the painting may drown out the paper or vice versa. So I don't gravitate towards it. You know, I'm I'm putting some wallpaper up in my bedroom and I'm just doing an accent wall behind my bed. Yes, I said it. Amy Wolf is doing an accent wall. I will be painting the other three walls the same color as the ground color in the um, wallpaper. This is more to kind of fix a, an architectural detail. I've got a little problem I need to amend, and so I need to have those two things match. But I have so much artwork, six paintings in my bedroom, and so I'm a little bit of an art collector, and I can't imagine not having those paintings there. They feel kind of beloved to me. And I also can't imagine putting them on top of wallpaper, <laughs> at least not the pattern I've chosen. So, But you have three other walls of solid paint, so you can put it on those walls, right? Yeah. Perfect. Right. That's what I'm saying. But there was a part of, there was a part of me that thought, oh, I should just paper the whole room. You know, like, go big or go home. <laughs> That is a great solution. You got me thinking about the wallpaper in my bedroom. It's a chinoiserie mural, and it's only on my headboard wall also. And I chose white for the other three walls, which um, the background color of it is sort of a slightly muted turquoise. It is turquoise. And the other colors in the pattern are white. And maroon, there's a tiny amount of maroon, tiny, like line drawing, like the, like the um, inside of flowers. And uh, I, I'm not a maroon fan, but it's so tiny that it just adds contrast more than, you know, I don't spend time thinking about the maroon. But I did not choose to paint my other walls the ground color because I just I have a huge bedroom and I didn't want to be surrounded by this saturated turquoise. It was too much for me. So I've kept the other walls white, which I've really enjoyed. But I've suddenly started thinking about painting the other walls a color. And the color I kind of want is sort of a super pale lavender, which is not in the paper. And normally I would not combine two distinct colors on walls in a room. It's too colorful for me personally. So, and the lavender's not even in the paper. So I'm really stuck. I haven't done it. I haven't done it at all. And these are the kind of questions you have when you put up wallpaper, especially on one wall as an accent wall. What do you do with the other, the other walls? Do you just pull a color that's in it in the paper, out of it, like you did, Amy, use your field color on the other walls. I mean, that is the cleanest, most seamless way of going. Like, no problem there. Once you go with the different color on the wall walls, it gets more complicated, and you really have to put a lot of thought into what's going to look right for you. I think that I have put, in the end, wallpaper on the three most classic, in my mind, rooms in my house dining room, above the chair rail, a powder room, and in my bedroom on the headboard wall. What do you think about great places to use wallpaper? Would you put it anywhere? Have you put it anywhere? Well, I'll be doing a powder room and bedroom just like you. This is me dipping my toe into wallpaper. Um, I stripped enough wallpaper as a young homeowner that I thought I'd never do wallpaper again. Uh, but 
here we go. Um, so really what I, I think about mostly is uh, clients. Uh, you know, what kind of wallpaper have I done for clients? And I've done, during the pandemic, uh, first or second year, I had clients who um, created a home office and it was in the basement with no windows. So we put in a wallpaper that was very evocative of nature to try to give them some kind of a supportive, uh, you know, just, just ergonomic kind of an experience. It's very watery looking and has lots of blues and greens in it and feels fresh and just counterbalanced to being in a windowless basement room. Um, this house in Maine um, that I've been working on, we did two bathrooms, a powder room, the front foyer. I think an entry foyer is a great place to do wallpaper, mostly because in most foyers, in, you know, most, shall I say, normal size houses, most foyers don't have a ton of furniture, so you don't have a lot of competing finishes and colors and materials. So because it's sort of standalone, a wallpaper can really carry a space in a beautiful way. This foyer's got this outstanding wallpaper and an absolutely um, gorgeous light fixture. And so the two of them just, you know hold that space. And then we also did the wallpaper going down the hallway. I mean, I think, you know, these, these sort of, the spaces where there isn't a lot of furniture and there's not a ton going on, I think it's a great opportunity for wallpaper. Really great. Mm -hmm. I also mm -hmm. think if you want to play with wallpaper in a room that you don't spend a lot of time in, but maybe you can see as you're coming and going throughout your house, like a guest room occurs to me, maybe, you know, the guest room is in your sight line as you come and go from your own bedroom. And, you know, you want to do something fun and exciting in there. But, you know, I think guest rooms are always a place to have a little bit of fun, you know. And, you know, I guess my rules apply to wallpaper just like they do to paint when I think about it. I'm always talking about, you know, the best places to really splash out with paint are foyers, powder rooms, guest rooms, and laundry rooms. So, yeah. <laughs> wallpaper in a laundry room? Let's make laundry fun. Why not? <laughs> Have you ever done any of the uh, peel and stick? I know that's a DIY that a lot of people opt for. You know, when it first came on the scene, I thought, wow, how cool. And then the more I read about it, uh, apparently it's very difficult to apply. And so I, I haven't DIY'd much of anything, certainly not wallpaper. So uh, I have talked to a few wallpaper hangers who hung here and they were like, oh, it's a nightmare. So, you know, imagine imagine having to hire out and having the expense of a professional wallpaper hanger in to put it up and you thought you made it easier by doing um, a self-adhesive. And in the end, the hangers tell you it's worse. So no, I have no experience with it. And I'm a little bit more turned off than I was when I first read about it. How about you? My only experience, um, other than watching other people do it and having it look great, but you know, maybe that's just Instagram great. <laughs> you know, you don't see the struggle of what went on behind it to get it up. But um, I did have a job where my client uh, had a peel and stick printed and designed and sent out and put in um, by a professional hanger and he almost walked off the job. I mean, he really, he kind of had a meltdown. 
and he's he's actually on my contractor list with a, a do not hire <laughs> behind his name because he behaved so poorly. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's funny. So my my guy, my installer was here this past week, and we were talking about peel and stick. And what he said to me, which I thought was interesting, was that they're getting better, that the stick is not so sticky, and that the body of the wallpaper is getting a little bit heavier. Obviously, this is going to vary from brand to brand. But he seemed to indicate um, that it's not necessarily a, a recipe for disaster. Oh, okay. That the products are getting better and and maybe somewhat easier to apply. So That's good news. Anyway. Yeah, that's good news. Yeah, good to hear from a seasoned professional. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the kind of patterns that you see out there. You know, what's popular, what do you like, that kind of thing. I think one style that's been around for quite a long time now and is still pretty strong are botanicals. So whether you're talking about an all-over floral or a combination of a graphic with a botanical or something more freeform um, feeling, I'm, I happen to love patterns that look that you can tell the original artwork was watercolor. I like that soft, watery, impre- imprecise feeling to the design as, as one direction to go. And um, I think botanical ones are, are really beautiful. I mean, um, really big in the past few years also are those um, historical brands that have come back in a big way, like your um, Voice and your, and your William Morris, who um, certainly were so came out of the arts and crafts period in England and um, used very saturated, deep color and all over patterns. So, you know, your eye doesn't really have a focal point. You're, they're dense, dense patterns with all kinds of things going on, you know, birds and leaves and just anything. They're not all, they're obviously, they're not all botanical, um, but they really are an eye, an eye full and um, really create an incredible mood. And they're also kind of uh, very much arts and crafts, but also maybe Victorian colors. You know, they're those deeper colors like browns and, of course, they come different colorways, but browns and golds and ochres and deep orange and um you know i think about those autumny colors being so common for those kind of those kind of brands i think they're i think they're beautiful and i just love them in traditionally designed or decorated homes as well as you know a more modern approach to contrast maybe more modern furnishings with this older fashion it's, you know it's old fashioned but it's not sort of a farty <laughs> can we say that you know <laughs> stuffy you know they're just such a such an eyeful I, I i love them how how about you what else do you see out there yeah i i well I think what's really interesting about the Morris is that, um, you know, Sanderson, who uh, basically is the house that has the licenses for so many of the Morris designs, um, the wallpaper and the fabrics, they've had a couple of uh, younger, newer designers take the patterns and recolor them and tweak the designs. So, I don't know, a handful of years ago, this Ben mm. Pentreath guy... Uh, did a 
gorgeous, amazing job recoloring the traditional Morris prints with fresh, modern, vibrant, you know, vibrant, but in a more contemporary way. Uh, so the colors were a little more clean, bright, almost electric, some of them, which was really fun. And now... Um, when I was in Paris for Deco Off, looking at fabric, I was at the Sanderson showroom and got to see in person another iteration of the Morris uh, pattern. And But it was the classic William Morris willow pattern. But instead of a solid ground, the, the ground had like a little bubble design on it. So it was like leaves over, almost like over bubbles in a pond. And it is just, it's smashing. It, and to me, that kind of a look can almost go with anything. You know, it could go with the traditional arts and crafts. It would work in a Victorian home. And it absolutely would go with contemporary or, or even farmhouse folkloric. So it's, it's really, it's, I, I just love it. I'm, I'm a big Morris fan. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm in love. I'm in love. And I think those botanicals, really have so much to do with, um, you know, this whole trend of outdoors in and outdoor living and forest bathing and the healing power of nature and all of that. I really think that, you know, a botanical print is always going to make us feel better than a faux brick wall. Right. Yeah. Wallpaper. <laughs> or, you know, something architectural looking or... Um, uh, graphic. Um, there's a place for graphic wallpaper, I guess. But I think in terms of how we feel in a space, I think nature's always going to just feel better, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the pull. I think that's the pull. I think we want to feel better. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, uh, I'm i working on, I'm just about done with a, a design color and interior design for a new build condomini condominium in another part of New York. And um, it was very sort of uh, tailored, I, I guess I would describe the decor, um, tailored, a lot of neutrals, but it has a distinct foyer. And when they were double checking, because we were finish finishing the paint schedule, and they were double checking, what should we put in the foyer? And I said, Oh, let's just continue the main room color there. And then I, I got back to them, like three weeks later and said, you know, when you open your front door, you're looking straight at a wall, the entrance to the apartment is to your right. And we were looking for little tables to you know where you throw your keys on or something and in the end we're having one custom made because we found a design we like but the size was wrong and I said have you thought about wallpaper just on that one wall and they went crazy like the, I guess these weren't really wallpaper kind of people so I sent them so many different ideas and I had a separate file called in case you want to go wild knowing they would not pick them I mean it, <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't. But I got to put in things that I love, like this wild totem wallpaper from a British company called Timorous Beasties and um, a, lot of, a lot of other really wild stuff. But what they picked, I bring this up because you said graphic. So they picked a wallpaper that is two colors. There's a field color, which is a complex gray. And the design is white. 
And it is completely a graphic, but it's very hand-drawn looking. So it has that sort of handmade feel to it, even though... Oh, wow. Even though it's a graphic, literally a graphic design. And I just realized, I looked on the back of the sample, and it, it's um, wallpaper made by Heath, Heath Ceramics. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I didn't even know. It was from the wallpaper... It was from the wallpaper company called, and I'm going to say this wrong, Huga and West. You know that Scandinavian word, H-Y-G-G-E, that you want to you wanna say Higgy, but it's Huga? Huga, Huga. They sold it. So they sold the Heath paper. So, um, yeah, and as, as you're talking about this, obviously, you know, it doesn't sound to me like that kind of a condo would be suitable for a botanical necessarily. So I get it. But what I think made that paper beautiful is that hand-drawn quality to it and that human touch. And I think that's, that's also very appealing, very lovely. So, and beautiful, gorgeous color. Yeah, yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, there's in terms of where you buy them, you know, you can go to distinct company, you can go to companies who make their own paper, you can go to companies that re-release older patterns, like you said, Sanderson does. Um, There are some like big um, companies that sell so many different designs that have really great selections, because they have so many like style library, and... um, even believe it or not, Burke Decor, which sells, you know, furniture, they have a huge yeah, selection. Huge selection. Yeah, they're resellers. Right? They're resellers. Exactly. I mean, Anthropology does it, and uh, a lot of b- big, big folks who sell other stuff, and then certainly companies who sell fabric often also uh, sell it. Um, you know, Tebow and, um, and Schumacher and. Uh, Colon Sons and God, my favorite is Mind the Gap. They're also the design. They're made. Mind the Gap is made in um, Transylvania. Mm-hmm. The designs. I don't know where the designs are actually made, but it's produced in Ch- Transylvania, and um, they are just the wildest patterns. Wild, wild mural-like scenes as well uh, as a more normal repeating pattern. That's what I have in my dining room. I have um, Maharani's and. Um, and elephants, um, but a huge selection of really interesting stuff. You saw them in Paris, didn't you? They had a pop-up in my neighborhood where I was staying. And, you know, I'm talking about trends. You know, I think companies like House of Hackney, Mind the Gap, basically, these guys are riding the maximalist wave, as far as I can tell. I mean, you know, absolutely, Mind the Gap is just super maximalist. And as you can imagine, the showroom was super maximalist. It was quite wild. Um, I should send you pictures. But anyway, uh, I think, you know, that's another big part of the trend is this, this, um, you know, too much is just enough. Uh, The thing I saw the most in Paris were scenics. I mean, I think scenics are really having a moment. The thing about a scenic is you really need a full wall, you need an empty wall, Again, talking about feeling the handmade, I'm I'm such a fan of um, block prints, Indian block prints, and so those are usually a, a repeating pattern. And uh, people like um, Molly Mahan, 
who's British. She does beautiful Indian-inspired block prints. Um, a lot of British companies I like, like Scion and Sanderson and Harlequin, um, really great. Uh, there's so many places to go to. It's really incredible. And you started off, you mentioned something before, is what got me back interested in wallpaper a bunch of years ago now. And that is the whole folkloric trend. You know, especially being here in the country, it is such a fun kind of pattern to, it's it's al almost primitive. It can be very two-dimensional feeling instead of three-dimensional, you know, flat color, not with without dimension rendered so much within the design. So it's got a childlikeness to it, a primitiveness to it, and, and also a ye old worldiness to it. And um, I just, I love those folkloric patterns. How about you? I, I'm a huge fan of Barastapetter and Eifinger, and I think one of the interesting things about those looks is they're all Scandi, mm -hmm. you know, they come from Sweden, and they, I think, have a great affinity for a lot of different uh, decorating styles, you know, it can either go mid-mod, it can go more country, like you're talking about, and I don't mean like, you know, geese. <laughs> Not talking about geese and blue ribbons country, but, you know, more of a modern country mm -hmm. um, look, which is, you know, probably what you're talking about where you are. I've used a couple of these these very Scandinavian soft colored uh, folkloric patterns uh, in the last couple of years and and just find them just really pleasing. And then, of course, at the opposite end of of that is the Joseph Frank, which is... Yeah, great stuff. You know, wild, bold, yeah. vibrant, you know, just basically take a little sweet Scandinavian pattern and explode it. <laughs> and you've got the Joseph Frank. So anyway, I also wanted to mention um, one of the sources that I use, uh, you know, obviously I have you know, business relationships with a lot of the manufacturers and can go directly to them, you know, places like you mentioned, Tebow and Sanderson and Schumacher. But for those of you listening who may not have uh, trade accounts and for my clients who want to do the deep dive into Wallpaper, I find Wallpaper Direct, which is a UK company, that ships, they ship into the U.S. Um, Fabulous. They give you two free samples. If you want additional samples, they're a buck a piece, um, which is not bad because some of the other companies will charge you $4. So a dollar to indulge yourself in another sample is not a big deal. Wallpapers Direct, um, tons of European brands. Um, I mean, like settle in <laughs> with a big mug of tea or a good half bottle of wine yeah. <laughs> because the, the site is vast, but they have a pretty good search function and uh, reasonable, um, you know, room scenes where you can see what the wallpaper looks like so you can start to understand scale. Such a good point, Amy, because, you you know, you look at just the square or rectangle of a pattern and without, it is so important that they then put it in this fake room for you to show you scale. I mean, and they can even, you know, you can look up the repeat on the pattern, the horizontal and the vertical repeat on the pattern, and that should tell you how big the pattern is. And yet, until you see the scale of a chair or a credenza, a table, a human, anything 
you don't really understand what the impact of that design is going to be in a room and on you because it's so it's so important, you know, it really is. So thanks for listening. We hope you've learned a little bit more about color for the built world. Thanks a lot for listening. We hope you'll tune in again next time. And in the meantime, you can like us, follow us, leave us a review, and certainly let us know if there's anything else you'd like to hear us talk about when it comes to color for the built environment. You can find us at letstalkpaintcolor.com. See you next time. Bye.